You create your life with the stories you tell yourself. Want more fun, love, and money? Then write your new story and live into it. Louis DiBianco's podcast, Change Your Story, Change Your Life, shows you how to discover your empowering story. You'll meet many successful people who have created magnificent lives, even when the odds were stacked against them. Plus, you'll learn the secrets of great storytelling that can explode your business. And now, here is your host, Louis DiBianco. There is nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. Now, those famous words were written by William Shakespeare. They were spoken by Hamlet in the play by the same name in Act 2, Scene 2. Another way of saying this is, nothing means anything except the meaning you give it. Today, you'll discover how powerful those words are and how they can enrich or destroy your life. I'm really excited that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, where you can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial of their service at www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. That's www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. You can choose from over 180,000 titles that will work on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hey, hello, I'm your host, Louis DiBianco, and welcome to another episode of Change Your Story, Change Your Life. If you get value from the show, leave us a rating and review at iTunes and Stitcher, and click subscribe. This will help to spread the word. Also, at the site, Change Your Story, podcast.com make sure to download your free ebook storytelling secrets for a rich life and business today's guest makes shakespeare's quote come alive for himself and anyone who coaches or studies with him he gives people the knowledge and skills to create empowering thoughts and then make them a reality in their lives his name is rock thomas what a great name, because rock rocks, and yeah, he is a real rock star. For more than 10 years, he has influenced organizations and individuals worldwide. He embodies the meaning of the word entrepreneur with personal successes from being a real estate mogul to a radio personality to the author of an amazing book, called The Power of Your Identity, which we're going to hear about today. And he's a peak performance trainer. He also created these sought-after seminar programs called Inside the Millionaire Mindset and the Six Keys to Success. And he has a breakthrough program, 90-day breakthrough program, called The Top 10 Rules of Success. By the way, in the world of real estate, he is the owner of two Keller Williams franchises in Montreal 
and his former six real estate franchises with over 270 realtors sold a billion, that's right, a billion dollars of real estate annually and were voted the top producing offices for 10 years that he was running them. He also has an incredible adventure that he started in 2014 when he became chief visionary officer of Go Abundance. He defines this as a tribe for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic lives. They hold each other accountable, give back to the community, hold mastermind groups, and have epic adventures across the globe. And you're going to hear about some of that today. It is my great pleasure to introduce a man that I have had the pleasure to meet and to be trained by, Mr. Rock Thomas. Rock, welcome to the show. Wow, you have done your homework, my friend, on uh, things I've been up to and things I've done, and it's an honor to be here, Louis. I really appreciate it. I'm always excited to share things that have impacted my life with other people, so thanks for having me on your amazing show. Oh, man, thank you so much for devoting your time, because I know that time is your most valuable asset. Now, look, we know that you have been successful since your youth. What I would be interested to know, and I'm sure our listeners would, is what were the biggest obstacles that you had to overcome in order to live your dreams? Well, I I don't know if I've been successful from my youth. What I can tell you is that I lived my life by a quote by Sylvester Stallone. It's not how hard you can punch. It's how hard you can be punched and still get up. Mm -hmm. And I've had adversity from growing up on a farm. I've had parents that weren't there for me emotionally. I've been beaten up by my brother. I've been bullied at school. The typical things that happen to people, maybe a little bit more in some cases, maybe a little bit less. Um, the, quest, you know, the question you have to ask yourself is, how are you going to overcome that? And are you going to do it in a way where you're emotionally beat up? Or are you going to do it in a way where you can transform the experience into something? You, know, you take frustration, you turn it into excitement, as an example. Or you take fear and you turn it into curiosity. And I've, I've really tried to do that throughout my life. And it's not just being Pollyanna and optimistic. It's about assessing what you're going through and asking yourself, how can I use what's available? It's kind of like MacGyver, if you remember that show, is how do I use the, the resources around me to live this epic life, to overcome this and to grow as a human being spiritually and mentally and and that's kind of how I've, I've lived my life, and it's worked out, you know, pretty well. Wow. I love that. One thing you said that really struck me is turning fear into curiosity. That is really awesome, my friend. People should, I mean, you could, people could take that away, and if that's the only thing they remember and apply it, they're going to get a lot out of today's show. Now, you know, another thing that really struck me, I mean, you're a pretty formidable guy physically. And you said that you were bullied. I mean, that, that's amazing to me. Uh, mm -hmm. how, old, how old were you when that happened? Well, I was a skinny little kid, Louis, real skinny little kid. And I had a pimpled face and I got picked on by, uh, I was the youngest of seven brothers and sisters. I got the hand-me-down clothes, the torn sheets. My father believed that, you know, the youngest was the last person to get the food. So I was always forced to fight for my own little piece. And my older brother who intimidated me would pick on me and 
um, and beat me up and push me and shove me and pinch me and all the, the above. And it affected my confidence. So I went to school. I didn't feel like I fit in. And the only thing that saved me was the fact that I could run pretty fast. So I ended up being really wanted on almost all the sports teams where running was involved. And that was the part where it was my safe haven. I think everybody needs a safe place they can go to where they feel competent to increase their confidence. Some people are funny. Some people are cool. Some people are really smart. I was none of those things. But I found my, my, you know, my, my safe place in sports. And then since then, because we often repeat what we're rewarded for, I've gone on to take care of my body because that's the part that saved me. And now today I have confidence physically in my body. That's probably what maybe you see. Wow, that is, that's amazing. Now, do you have a good relationship with your older brother now? So interesting because he worked for me for 10 years um, in one of my real estate offices. And uh, I gave him free rent for 10 years, saved him $100,000. And I wanted his love and, and appreciation so much that I did everything I could to to help him. Never got a thank you, never got a bottle of wine. And um, and then about a few years ago, something happened with our kids where our kids were going to school together. There was a falling out amongst the kids. I talked to him about it and he pushed back. And um, we haven't spoken since because, wow. yeah. Wow. Well, you know, you also said that you weren't smart. Now, you know, maybe... <sighs> that's impossible because you could you you could not have achieved what you've achieved and not be smart i mean that that's just you know it's ludicrous <laughs> yeah maybe maybe by certain standards of being able to memorize things in school like a robot maybe you weren't that kind of smart and thank god that you weren't but uh i think you're quite brilliant my friend you you know um I've gone through your book, and it is only a smart person could have written that book. Now, who would you say have been your most powerful role models, people from your personal life and also thought leaders? Um, you know, I think that the smart thing is about um, tenacity. I, um, I wasn't like a good writer or really good at stuff, but I never gave up, and I just slowly got better and better. So I don't consider myself somebody gifted there, but I do put a lot of effort in and I've, I've certainly become strategically good, partially because I always had to look in my environment to see if I was going to be beaten up or a snowball thrown at my head. So I'm actually a very good strategist and I'm very good at business from that perspective because of the survival instinct. But the people who have influenced me the most, there's a long list, Louis. Um, you know, there's some that have influenced me a little bit, like Stephen Covey. I love his work. He's a very he's like a technician for me, and I really believe in the seven habits and seeking first to understand and then to be understood and things like that. But if you're looking for the big players, the person who first influenced me the most was Tony Robbins. I was down and out in Beverly Hills, evicted from my apartment. My father was dying of cancer. I was paying his bills, cashed in my savings to pay off his bills, got fired from a job. And it was when I actually was one of those kids that saw the infomercial and bought his CDs and put it in my car. And the very next year, I became the number one real estate agent, uh, partially due to the mindset and the psychology I learned from him. You and I met at a T. Harvecker event, and he's been a huge impact in a lot of ways in my life as well, because I think he's a brilliant mind when it comes to talking the discussion around 
the mind has one job, which is survival and to protect us. And most people don't understand this. And if they did, Louis, they would actually change the way they operate. We're always, the mind always goes to know first as a protection device. And if you don't overcome that consciously, you're going to live a, a, you know, a protected life. You're going to miss out on opportunities. You're going to live in doubt. I have a saying in my seminar, say yes and figure it out later. Say yes to opportunities. Say yes to people asking you things. Say hello to people. Somebody smiles at you. Smile back. Live your life in yes. And when you live your life in yes, your life is much brighter. But it means you have to learn how to overcome the default programming of your brain that wants to keep you safe, wants to keep you in the, in the known, not the unknown, not in the curiosity, but in the fear. And propaganda today sells us that all the time. So Tony's been a great influence. Harv has been a great influence. But it's not enough just to get these people to influence you. You've got to practice them, Louis. You've got to do the affirmations. You've got to do the meditation. You have to reread the books, not just read the book. Reread the book and then reread it again and then talk about it and share it and practice it and teach it and put it into the very fiber of your cells. Otherwise, it's just a concept like EMC squared, just a concept. It's only when you really use it as a daily practice, and I think that's one of the things that's allowed me to have quote-unquote success, is I actually do practice what I have learned. So those are some of the big guys. I could talk for hours. I read, read a lot. I read you know, 50 books a year, and I think I've been on 17 seminars and events this year as a student. Just came back from India. Um, but those are some of the bigger guys. Wow. <laughs> You said a lot of fascinating things there, my friend, about, you know, I totally agree with you. And uh, do you know what I began my morning with to really get into a great zone for this interview? What was that? I began with the warrior and wizard declarations, my friend. Nice. Love them. I love the the first one for wizard. I am the eye. I am the eye of the storm. I stay calm and centered regardless of anything. Yes, beautiful. And of course, I am a warrior. I act in spite of fear. Doubt or worry. Oh, yeah, man. Now, you know, I had a question I was going to ask you later, but I'm going to ask it now because you mentioned Tony Robbins. You mentioned uh, T. Harv Eker. And given that you had so much adversity to overcome, I mean, it's understandable that you were inspired by them. But didn't you become lead trainer for both of those men? Yeah, so I took, um, I'm a little bit of, a, of an all-in kind of a guy, Louis. So I took Tony's course in December, January of 2001. I took 19 of his courses in 19 months and became, I think, I, I could be wrong, but I think the fastest in the history of Tony Robbins to become a trainer for him in, in less than two years. Um, and I've been a trainer for him now for 15 years. And then in 2007, I came across Harv's work, and I did the same thing. I signed up for his Quantum Leap. I did every course I could as quickly as I could. And then I got backstage for an interview with Harv, and literally, he put me on stage. He says, go and change your shirt. Go talk to the trainer at the back of the room. You got 15 minutes to get prepared. He'll give you about a seven-minute little introduction, and I'm going to watch you do it in about 15 minutes. Go. Wow. And I was shaking, I was nervous, but I turned that into excitement 
And I went up there, and he literally stood at the bottom of the stage with his arms crossed, looking at me do my pitch, and came up, and he gave me a compliment, and he gave me a couple of tips, and sent me off, and then hired me, and I ended up going on to teach some of his cool courses, uh, like Millionaire Mind Intensive and Warrior, and and a few others as well. So you know, the student can become the the teacher if they follow the path. And here's what I tell people is you work for two things in life is you work for education and equity. And I've done that all my life is I show up and I will work for free and I will be the student first and work for free until the value gets created and people go, well, this guy keeps on showing up and adding value. I guess we better put him on the payroll. And wow. that's kind of how I've done it. Man, you're giving me goosebumps, my friend. You know, I also did Quantum Leap and those courses changed my life. And I think the one that started the major change was Warrior. You mm -hmm. actually got to lead that, eh? Yes. Wow. Uh, when I did it, it was with David Wood. And you know David. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Super that's, guy, that, super guy. That's fantastic. Now, in your book, uh, The Power of Your Identity, you wrote some very fascinating things. And here's one of them. I'd love for you to expand on this this quote from your book. You wrote... Your behavior will be consistent with the image that you hold of yourself. It becomes your unconscious guide. Your desire to remain congruent with your identity is a powerful force that left unmanaged will manipulate your life out of control forever. Yeah, so what I learned was that the way we speak to ourselves is we're constantly in co-creation, Louis. So if I say I'm lazy... I'm going to act like a lazy person. And I believe you are either an actor or a reactor. So why not write the script of who you're going to show up as? Because it's all made up anyway. One day somebody said to you, you know, you don't get dessert if you don't eat your peas. So you adopted that in your operations manual as something that you want to do. It became part of who you are. Somebody else said to you, you know, you're shy. He never talks much or you're, you're dumb, or you're not funny, and you start to incorporate these ways of explaining to yourself who you are and how you need to show up. Could you imagine, Louis, not knowing, like a schizophrenia person, not knowing how you're going to show up? You walk into the office one day, and all of a sudden you start you know, uh, running around like you're playing basketball in the hallway because you feel like you're an athlete in that moment. Mm. It wouldn't make sense. So what we do in order to keep our sanity is we create this description of how we see ourselves surviving in the world. And then we go, you know what? Well, I'm, I'm a, a thought leader or I'm a, an appropriate person or I'm a kind person. So what I talk about in my book is why not choose how you ideally would like to show up? Do you want to be a generous person? That's why in my tribe I say we're a tribe of healthy, wealthy generous men that choose to lead epic lives. Every word is chosen very carefully because it keeps on priming us and programming us to live out that role, that part, that identity. And here's what happens is that we want to stay consistent with how we see ourselves because other people expect us to behave a way. So we want to show up that way. And if you want to transform or if you are transforming and you're into personal development, I'm sure you've experienced this where you've come back from an event, you've developed a new practice of meditation or of affirmations or something, and somebody has 
questioned that new behavior and you've had to explain it or justify it because they're not comfortable with your new identity. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%, my friend. I mean, uh, listen, I'm in network marketing, and that's one of the things that takes people out of the game all the time. So if you're in network marketing, then you can, as an individual, you can develop a identity of, let's say, um, I love meeting new people. Every person I haven't met yet is my new best friend. I smile at strangers. You can start to create an identity that causes you to be more appropriate or successful in that environment. And that's all I, I talk about in that book. If you want to go from being a smoker to a non-smoker, start describing yourself as a non-smoker. Wouldn't it be really cool if I didn't smoke anymore? I'd be that non-smoker kind of a person. That'd be kind of cool. I'm like a feel like a non-smoker and start literally talking yourself into it. And, and that's kind of the, the impetus behind the book. Wow. I love it. And I agree with you. Uh, do you agree that the big challenge for people, and here's where that um, monkey mind, the safe mind comes into play, that when you begin to affirm this new identity, because it's new and it's unknown, that you're going to be bombarded with all sorts of, you're going to hear voices. They're going to tell you, come on, stop kidding yourself. Who do you think you are? You know, stop, you're delusional, etc. Right? Won't that happen? Yeah. So there's a part of our brain that has an irresistible temptation to focus on the negative. So, Louis, I could tell you 10 beautiful things about yourself and then tell you one negative thing. And your monkey mind, as you call it, will focus on that negative thing and try to make sure that that's not going to hurt you long term. If I told you that you had a Mickey Mouse voice and you, you thought that was true, you might be going, oh my God, maybe I need to take voice lessons. I'm, I run podcasts. I speak. Do other people think that? And mm -hmm. you'll, you'll run crazy on that. Mm -hmm. So the idea is for us to get to know ourselves better and most people are so, we also want to please other people and be accepted and fit in that we're looking for strategies to do that. And if I give you a great handshake and you like that and 10 other people like that, I'm probably going to adopt that new handshake because it makes me feel like most people like me and I fit in. Mm. So it's an ongoing process, but you, you've got to understand that the mind wants to protect you. It is working 24 hours a day to do that. It will start those conversations all the time and test you. And as you go out into your new identity, it will fight. It will fight tooth and nail to try to bring you back to what it knows. And that's its job, by the way, to protect you. That's its strategy that it uses is to bring you back into what you know. If you've always had a really good experience eating a meal at a certain restaurant, it can bring you there knowing it's going to be a good experience. Now, good may be the enemy of great, but at least good isn't bad. So it's like, oh, try the new restaurant? No, let's go to that good meal. And it's, it's like that for life. Talk to that stranger over though. What if they say no? What if they reject you? What if they embarrass you? So it's managing that all the time and being aware of it. And those are some of the strategies that I teach and some of the, the courses that I give and as, as well as you have learned from Harv and different people is how do you overcome that conversation? The, the, the how do you create the death of the ego so you're not living in the anxiety and fear all the time?
Uh, you know, yes, absolutely. You, you made me think of something that's, that's funny, but it, I think it's apropos here. Whenever I go to the gym, it's interesting to note that people will always gravitate to the same locker. And if that locker has been taken, they're a little upset because, you know, there are hundreds of other lockers available, but they're going to go to the one that they've used before. Yes. You know, it's, I think it's very funny. So I deliberately would change my locker whenever I went there. Now, um, I'm going to come back to your book in a moment, but because we've been talking about the power of language, I want to um, uh, mention something again about Audible to my listeners about a book that is right on point with this. You probably have read this book. And so for you people who are listening today, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. The book I'm going to recommend, which is right uh, in line with what Rox is talking about, is a book called Aspire, A-S-P-I-R-E, Discovering Your Purpose Through the Power of Words by Kevin Hall. So to download that as a free audiobook, and it's five and a half hours of, of learning, go to audibletrial.com forward slash story power. That's www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power for your free audio book. Are you familiar with that book, which has a forward by Stephen Covey? You know, I've heard of it, but I haven't read it. I'm just jotting it down. I'm like, that sounds like a great book. Oh, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it totally, totally confirms what you're talking about. Now, another fascinating thing in your book is you talk about the three E's. What are they and how do they influence our lives? Yeah, so I have something called a triple E, an extreme emotional experience. Uh, it could be uh, you being in a car accident. It could be 9-11 it could, it's something that gets registered on the, the DNA, the, the coding of your cells that you never forget. It's so profound. It, it could be a divorce, a wedding, the birth of a child. There's, there's highs and lows. Uh, Michael Beckwith calls them um, Satori moments and Kensho moments. And they're the ones that are the, the, the signposts that shape you for the rest of your life. You could go, um, you know, I played hockey outdoor with my son one day and we were beating the, the, the little pickup game. We were beating the other people and it got a little bit rough and they ended up ganging up on us and we ended up coming home literally bloodied and bruised and scrambling out of there because they were, they were a gang of them. I mean, I'll never forget that because I got punched in the face and so did my son. I watched my son get punched in the face. I thought it was an opportunity for him to stand up for the first time as a young man, but he's a lover, not a fighter, and he just got sucker punched right in the face and just hurt me so much that I allowed that to happen and I watched it happen. Um, that's a triple E. It changes the way you see the world. And the, the beauty of it is that when those things happen, there's an opening, there's an opportunity for you to make a new decision on how you're gonna perceive life. And you either, in that case, you can say, hey, you know what? Maybe I should have been less aggressive in that moment. Maybe I should have not rubbed it in their face that we were, we were so much better than them. And maybe I need to be more compassionate. 
So it's in those moments that you need to become introspective. When you go through a divorce or a, a small little car accident, not something fatal, obviously, that you need to ask some better questions to get the lesson because the experience is providing you with the teaching opportunity. And a lot of people, what they do is they go into victim, as you know from all the work you've done, is they're like, I can't believe it. Those people ganged up on us. Or I can't believe that idiot that cut me off and caused me to slam into that other car. And they go into blame versus into responsibility. And so I like to remind people that I really think you're better off if you choose to be responsible that you've co-created that environment and to look for the lesson versus going into blame and robbing yourself of the opportunity to grow. Wow. So for the benefit of our listeners, again, could you just um, repeat the meaning of each of the E's in Triple E? So extreme, it's something that's extreme. It's something that shocks your system. Okay. Um, it's emotional. So it's going to be like anger, fear, betrayal, um, ecstasy, joy, something like that extreme emotional experience so obviously mm. it's something that you go through and it's coded inside of you it's there it stands out you drive by that that park where we got beaten up i'll never forget it you look at it you drive by the scene where somebody hit you in the back you um you know you drive by 9 11 uh or they they flash it on the news as an anniversary and it takes you to that experience and you're like, oh, my God, remember so-and-so I lost or when that happened? And it moves you. And I think that the, the, the way I would like to, you know, the impression I want to leave on people is it's an opportunity for you to transform, not to fall back into victim. And if you do that, you, you will become enriched as a soul versus bitter. You'll become better. Most people become bitter because they go, I can't believe this happened to me. And they stay stuck in that place versus owning that there is an opportunity to grow and learn. I love that. That's a great way to remember it. Become better, not bitter. And this would take us to this wonderful, I would call it discipline, mental discipline that is called reframing. Could you elaborate a bit about that and explain to people exactly how they would do it? Yeah, so it's probably, you know, people ask me, what's your favorite quote? And for me, is nothing has meaning but the meaning that you give it. And, you know, you've, you've referenced that a little bit. And it really comes down to this is, um, you know, I lost all my hair to alopecia in, after I ran a marathon, went on a fast. Um, so I have no hair on my body. Um, we have the same barber. And yeah. I, <laughs> I don't have eyelashes. I don't have eyebrows. I have no hair. And I went through an identity crisis. I saw myself as this blonde, good-looking guy. And now all of a sudden, I felt a bit like a freak. And I have a choice when that happens. And we all have a choice when this happens is what meaning are you going to assign to the event? So I could be a victim and say, you know, it's terrible. I can't believe it. Or I was stupid. I ran a marathon and I went on a fast and somebody should have told me or, you know, blah, blah, blah. But in life, every time an event happens, even a, a business transaction doesn't go through or somebody shows up late to an appointment with you or your honey doesn't want to make love to you or doesn't want to hold your hand, we keep on assigning meanings to it. She doesn't like me. Um, she's not affectionate enough with me. Uh, she, she didn't make dinner the way she normally does or, or you know, he's late and he doesn't care about me. We're constantly assigning these meanings. 
And if you want to live a happy, fulfilled life, Louis, you have to become a meaning master because your brain is going to go where? It's going to go to no. It's going to go to negative. They're showing up late because they don't care. They're showing up late because they got in an accident. She didn't cook supper the way she normally does because she's mad at me. You know, I lost the deal because everybody's against me. I lost all this hair to alopecia because, you know, now I'm, I'm a freak and nobody's going to love me. I look like a crazy albino crazy guy that, that, that is different from what I was used to. And, and then your brain goes, goes races there and diminishes you. So I learned to ask a better question. What can I learn from this? Or my favorite one is what's great about this? And when I looked at it, honestly, what was great about the alopecia was that I never have a bad hair day again. I know, I, I know. Exactly, right? I, yeah. I, I don't have to pay for hair products. I don't have to pay for a barber. So now I go once a month for a massage purposefully, and I take the money that I would normally spend to get my hair cut and to buy products, and I celebrate because I've given it a meaning of positivity that I have now this alopecia. I have no hair on my entire body. People shave their chest hair and they do stuff that I don't have to do. I don't have to pay money for that. I don't have to go through the pain of that. It's actually a gift and I choose to look at it as a gift. I celebrate alopecia. I love it. I, I feel good about it. And the, well, and, you should, and man, because... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say reframing is about, is about just choosing to put on a meaning that serves you. There's no good or bad in the world, as you said at the top of your show. You decide whether it's good or bad. And if you can really decide that things are better than they're bad, your life is going to be so much better. Wow. And I'm sure that, you know, I mean, if you hadn't told me about the fact that you lost your hair to alopecia, I would have said, this is a fabulous, strong style choice that he's made because you look fabulous, man. Well, thank you. And you know what? People tell me that all the time, which is great. But it really, it really matters mostly the conversation you have inside with yourself. Because if I'm telling myself I wish I had hair and I feel like I, you know, I get red eyes because I have no eyelashes and people must think that you know, I'm crying or that I'm high or whatever. And I got all this inner dialogue that we all have. I'm not good enough. We do this mantra. I'm not good enough. I don't have enough hair. I'm too short. I'm too tall. I, I didn't work out enough. My muscles aren't big anymore. We do this all freaking day long. I know. We go into it. <laughs> I'm not enough all day long. From the moment we wake up, I didn't get enough sleep. There's not enough gas in the car. There's not enough coffee in the coffee machine. <laughs> we freak ourselves out all day long, and then we live in this negative state. We wonder why we, you know, we need to have drugs or alcohol or or food, or something to make ourselves feel better, or we can distract ourselves long enough with being super busy at work, or with watching enough TV, or movies, or sports, or gambling. We do all these things because we want to drown out that noise. And the moment we stop that noise or that voice, we freak out. We're like, oh my God, I need to fill it up with something else. Wow. How true it is. Guys, this stuff is transformational. Take note of everything that Rock is saying. Another fascinating insight from your book. I love this one. Your genius or magic will emerge when you find your context of purpose. Tell people what you mean by that. So I'm, I'm in my 50s now, and I've made a really good living in real estate. 
but my real passion has come from from helping other people get out of the pain that I experienced, the pain of not belonging, the pain of not being enough. And all the coaching I've got from my mentors has given me tools to enable me to live an epic life. I, I, you know, I don't consider I work anymore, but I do spend four or five months a year running my companies and running my investments. I have 28 different streams of revenue. I have a few mastermind groups, one of multi-multi-millionaires and one of that's called the March to a Million where I help entrepreneurs and people who aren't yet financially free become financially free through a very basic curriculum of four months of personal mastery, four months of money mastery, and four months of people mastery. And once you've learned how to master yourself to take the action, you know, the warrior, act in spite of fear, then you can get better results in your life can have more energy, you can take care of your body, you can, you can produce results in your business arena. When you learn how to manage money and the relationship with money, then you learn how to leverage money and put it to work for you so you don't have to work all the time. And when you learn how to create a vision and have other people fulfill that vision for you, then you can lead this epic life. I have five assistants. I have a chef. I don't cook. I don't clean. I don't wash my car. I don't fill it up with gas. I don't uh, go to the grocery store. Um, I have an assistant in the Philippines. I have uh, an event coordinator. I have people that do all the things that didn't fill me up. And I'm not, I don't say that to, to show off I have all these people. I say you hopefully get to a stage in your life when you can make some new choices. When you dial into your purpose, the purpose of my life is not to cut my lawn or to do my laundry. That's not the purpose of my life. It may be the purpose for somebody else's life, and that's beautiful. you know. But the purpose of my life is to be a shining example of what is possible when you tap into the principles of success and what you can do with your life. When you understand your relationship with money, you understand that what is important to people. People want to belong. They want to connect. Suffering comes from disconnection. It from, comes from feeling like you're not one with the people you're around. You don't fit in. You don't belong. So in my tribe, I have a thing called aggressive inclusionment because I know the pain of being excluded. So when somebody walks by on their own and we have a conversation to people, we bring them into that conversation. When they walk by and they don't know where to sit, sit to eat, we call them over. So... When you find what your purpose is, your calling is, in my experience for most people, it comes from some pain in your life that you don't ever want other people to experience. And then you go out with passion to solve that problem for other people, to remove them out of the pain that you personally experienced. And if you can get to that place where you can have that conversation honestly with yourself and believe that you can actually make a living solving that problem for other people, then your whole world lights up and your energy levels rise and you feel connected and you feel you get you, I think you get smarter I think you get more energetic and you feel fulfilled and I wish that for everybody because every day I wake up for me I'm excited I'm just truly excited I feel genuinely blessed I feel at the best place of my life and it put a lot of effort into self discovery and, and increasing my consciousness but that's a really important piece, and thank you for asking that question because I think that there's a lot of people living their life suffering, and it's not necessary. I totally agree with you, my friend. Um, I love one of the T-shirts that we 
that they used to sell through Peak Potentials that simply said, struggle is optional. Yes. You know? Um, wow. It's, this is so uplifting. I'm, uh, I'm getting a tremendous amount out of this today. Now, you also write, the caliber of the questions you ask yourself will lead to the caliber of the answers you give yourself. Let people really understand. Let them get that because it's so significant. Yeah, so uh, our minds are always focusing on something. And the way that you direct the focus of your mind is through this barrage of questions we ask ourselves. You know, um, what am I going to eat for lunch? And how am I going to perform at the next meeting? And do I feel like working out? Not really. I think I'll, should I watch that program or not? So you're constantly having this dialogue going on. So when I learned that, when it was brought to my attention, what I did was I started to create a menu of better questions I could ask myself so that I would get better answers. If I say to myself, why am I struggling to make a living, uh, the brain will give you an answer. And the way I can prove that to people if they don't believe that is, don't answer this question, two plus two. Well, your brain answered it, even if you didn't want to. So the key to life is not to um, allow yourself to just answer questions that show up, but to purposefully answer better questions. What am I excited about today? How grateful am I today? What can I do to make a difference in people's life? What problems can I solve today that are going to make a difference? How excited am I about my dinner tonight with my loved one? What can I do to be a better father? So when you start to ask these better questions, your brain will look for the answer. It will search. It is your slave. It will search again and again and again. And then you will find yourself living in a better place. How grateful for, am I today that I live in, in Canada and we're in a free country? And I, I am very grateful. It's amazing. God, if I think about it, it it's, it's true. I get to do whatever I want, say whatever I want. It's amazing. So there's an incredible science behind asking questions. But you don't have to overcomplicate it, Louis. You just, you know, what am I grateful for? What am I excited about? What did I learn today? How can I make a difference? What am I proud of? A few simple questions to get yourself started. And watch how you change your focus and what you focus on you feel. And that's your life. What you feel is your life. So mm. the best one is to say, what am I grateful for? Because you can't be in two places at once. You can't be angry and grateful. So a practice of gratitude is something that I would encourage everybody to incorporate. Mm -hmm. Wow. Thank you for that. Now, recently you went to India, Vietnam, and Vienna. You did all of this in a month, right? I did, yes. And so what was the purpose? So I did a course called Limitless in New York City with my daughter in, in uh, about five, six months ago. And I had such a, a breakthrough in peace and tranquility and quieting that monkey mind that we talk about, feeling euphoric, feeling connected with people, that I signed up for this advanced course that they hold in India. Uh, once a year, I go with my Go Abundance tribe on a bucket list adventure. And last year, we went to Peru. This year, we had done uh, scheduled Vietnam for the first two weeks of September. So it coincided that I could go to India for five days and do this retreat and then spend a couple of days in Thailand where I was going to get this full body medical for in five hours. They do everything that would take me six months to do in Canada and cost me 10 times the amount. So I started to schedule all those things. And then we went to Vietnam for two weeks with my Go Abundance brothers where we 
we did this whirlwind trip of motorcycles and seaplanes and boats and caves and um, you know, we go on these trips, but we 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 do these high-minded conversations where we do adventure during the day, and then at nighttime, we share our goals and dreams, and we hold each other accountable and challenge each other to um, to come up with uh, the best ways to live our life. So I did two weeks of that, and then I stopped off in Austria to visit uh, my online consultant who helps me with um, my online business, um, and um, and that was a whirlwind month of growth and learning and playing and fun and. Um, and this is how I like to design my life. So I live that kind uh, of voyage and trip and experience. And I'm a big believer that your tribe creates your vibe. So all the guys that we went on the trip with happened to be, you know, very successful in the business world. Um, they're into their health and their body and moving their body. They're into spiritual growth. We do meditations and yoga and, and Tai Chi and different things while we're there. So it's not like we go there and we you know, talk sports and go out to the bars drinking beer. We're on a purposeful voyage to improve who we are, to become better men, better sons, better brothers, better fathers, and better spouses through a mastermind process. So it's, it's really, really one of the favorite things I get to do on the planet. Wow. That is awesome, man. It must have been so enriching. Did, did you, could you give us like just um, one big takeaway that you got from each of the places you went to? Sure. So India was a, I had a personal breakthrough after day four where I realized that most of my life, the reason I was working so hard and became so successful is because I was trying to prove to everybody that I was enough. And I know it sounds simplistic, but um, that root of proving means you live in fear all the time that what if my business doesn't work out? What if I don't catch the football? What if I don't, you know, win the award? And I had just this epiphany through the meditation and through working with my, my gurus that I don't have to approve anymore. I am enough. What I want to do, though, is I want to be my personal best for the pride of living a great life and giving back to my creator. So I found that I was just as competitive, just as hungry but it came from more a pure place, place, not a fear of losing out, but a fear, but a desire to contribute by being my best. And it really was like, Louis, a thousand pounds off my shoulder. I cried. Um, I felt amazing. And within four hours, I got four emails of things I'd been working hard on for a long time that all came in. Somebody owed me money. Another person I was trying to do a business deal with, they said, OK, I'm ready to do it. Um, and I was just like, oh, my gosh. Uh, this is what it's like when you surrender and let go. So mm. that was that was India, which was epic. Um, Thailand, I did a medical, which is uh, about $800. They do everything from top to bottom. And I was fortunate enough to learn that um, that I, I, I had a little bit of a cardiac situation. They did extra tests. And fortunately, it was one of two things. It was either a, a, a clot uh, in, my, um, in my system or... It was that because I work out so much, my, the heart, my heart walls got thicker and they create sometimes extra propulsion of blood through your body. And fortunately, after a second follow-up test, that's what it was. So they called me Superman. I was pretty happy about that. Everything came through in flying colors. So it really led to the fact that the way I'm taking care of my body and the, and the nutrition and the meditation and the focusing on gratitude um, allows me to have a very healthy body. So I was grateful for that. Um, 
in Vietnam, I would say there was a ton of lessons. But one thing I learned is that they um, they don't have road rage. They live in complete chaos, but it's organized chaos. And they come from a place of he who is most nimble wins. <laughs> and we live in a place where we're rules driven in North America. I cut you off. You know, I'm 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 the idiot um, where there they don't look at it that way. It's just like it's OK. Just just be harmonious and slide with it. Go with it. Um, they also know that if they miss an opportunity to serve a customer, they probably won't have that second opportunity. So their level of service is off the chain as far as I'm concerned. Um, bellmen running across the room and waiters and waitresses um, apologizing for being three seconds late instead of the attitude I get usually in North America, which is quite different. You're lucky almost to be in their establishment. Mm. So I, I love going east. I think it's beautiful. Um, I always learn something. I always feel closer to my creator and to, to just the basic law. I love to eat on the street. I love to be with the people. I went to a temple on the last day and I saw you know, an orphanage of abandoned children. And I had bought a suitcase to buy myself a whole bunch of clothes on the last day. And what I ended up doing is taking all my money and giving it to the temple. And I didn't buy one. I came home with an empty suitcase, literally, um, after seeing these children. And I was just guided to be there by a local. And it worked out beautifully. And it was really fulfilling for me. Hmm. So, um, so a lot of great lessons. Um, and then I came back to Austria. And I was like, oh, my God. There's like... In, in Vietnam, you walk through the traffic blindly with cars going left, right, and center. And in Austria, there's not one car coming and everybody stands at the corner and there's no jaywalking. They're all disciplined and they follow the rules. And I just came back to culture shock. And I just here, here's what I can tell you. Is there's so many ways to live this life. And mm. most people that, that are listening to this call, I want to say this, is you don't know what you don't know. And there's so much that we don't know. And I encourage you to go out there and be curious and experience so much more because you're, you're, we're all playing with you know, a deck of five cards and we think that's our life. There's so many more cards out there. Maybe you love rice. Maybe you love octopus. Maybe you love riding side saddle on a motorcycle. Maybe you love sleeping in a cave, but you don't know because you never experienced it. And this is a beautiful planet we live on. Go out there. Get out there experience it, meet new people and open up your mind and soul and heart and see how much more blessed this life is. Mm. Wow. Every word of that uh, comes out of your mouth is, is, is lifting me higher and higher, my friend. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I want to ask you about, I know because you're a voracious reader, uh, I believe that two of your favorite books, I wonder if they still are, was one was The Miracle Morning and the other is the code of the extraordinary mind. Are they still at the top of your list? You know, definitely. And I, I, I have a lot of books that are at the top of my list, but definitely The Miracle Morning has affected my life. And um, it's really a, a must read for everybody. And Hal Elrod is a buddy of mine, the author. He's also a GoBundance member. And um, he says that our, our mastermind is being the best mastermind he's be, ever been part of. Um, so the miracle morning is a beautiful book. If you, if you haven't read it, get it. And, uh, the code of the extraordinary mind comes, uh, from my most recent mentor, Vishen Lakhiani, who's a brilliant individual who tests everything that he learns on himself. And then kind of, um, like a little scientist kind of says, Hey, here's what worked for me. 
So I love that book. It's another great book. And I also have gotten into a lot of books on letting go. There's a book literally called Letting Go. There's The Untethered Soul. Um, we hang on so much to things, Louis, that we try to control the world. And what I've learned is that you live a much better life when you control, need, you have this need to control less things. Mm-hmm. And often things work out just fine. I had a friend of mine who missed the plane um, a couple of years ago, was really upset, and four years later got on another flight and ended up marrying the guy that sat beside her. Oh, so wow. She could have been mad or upset. And, and the, sometimes things happen for a reason and they serve you. And the more you're willing to be flexible and allow, the more nimble you are, I think the happier you are. And uh, so I've spent a lot of time studying that and allowing that into my life. So, um, yeah, some great books, all of those. Uh, in a nutshell, what is the Miracle Morning about and why would people want it? So Hal studied the people that were most successful on the planet and their rituals and habits in the morning to kick off the day and make it a winter day. And he put the top six together into this book and he gives you a kind of a game plan on how you can have time in the morning to yourself like you did your affirmations this morning to put yourself into a place um, the mind is so active that when you wake up, it's immediately starting to, you know, I didn't get enough sleep. I'm tired. What if this doesn't work out? You want to quiet that mind through acts like meditation, visualization, exercise. One of the first things you want to do is energize your body so that you have a high level of energy when you engage into your day. So he kind of gives you a roadmap on all the popular things that have served the most successful people. I've been doing most of them already, but he gave, gives it a nice methodology and some suggestions and um, he's created a community as well. And if you don't have a strategy for starting your morning, then you're in reaction. And that's not a lot of fun because you never get a chance to center yourself. Mm. Now, I have some great news for the listeners today. I know that you're getting enormous value from what Rock is talking about. And once again, if you take advantage of our sponsor's offer at Audible... You can get either the Miracle Morning or the Code of the Extraordinary Mind as an audiobook absolutely free. All you need to do is to go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. Once again, www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power to grab your free audio book and to continue the enrichment that you're getting from Rock Thomas right now. Rock, what is your vision for your life five years from now? Well, you know, we do that in part of, in our mastermind group. We have a, a five-year vision. And have you read the four-hour work week, Louis? I have. So... You know, you know what, what that lifestyle is like. That's my, my goal is to continue to live that lifestyle where I spend a few months in North America and then a month or two in another part of the world living in the culture and immersing myself in their world and learning from that because I can run most of my businesses from a laptop and a phone and then bringing my family and friends with me. So lifestyle-wise, that's my goal impact-wise is to touch 10,000 people through my M1 program, which is to help people um, become financially free by becoming aware that there are passive income vehicles 
uh, real estate, um, stocks, different things, but you have to know the right way to do it. Most people don't because most people never have savings, so they never spend any energy thinking about being an investor. And you know this from Harv's teaching is you have their first job is to find a place where you can succeed in creating revenue, and then your second job for the rest of your life is managing and investing those funds. Mm-hmm. And if you have enough money, you never have to work again because you spend your time managing, investing, and looking at opportunities. Mm-hmm. So we help create an awareness for people that they don't have to, you know, call it getting out of the rat race. And then I want to do it in a way where people um, don't sacrifice their relationships with their family or their children at the expense of becoming successful because it's not worth it. And also to raise the consciousness of people's energy and how they take care of their body. My daughter, my father died at 62 to cancer. So I have a high appreciation for a healthy, energetic body. I see most people live in pain and low levels of energy. So my mission is to help people have high levels of energy by making better choices in that arena and providing them with the information to give them the tools to communicate effectively with the people they love and the people they lead so that they can live live this epic life and then to provide them with the skills that get them to take the actions required in order to do that. That's my life's mission and purpose and I do it through the M1 program and um, there's not a day that I don't you know, take a step toward that direction. And that fulfills me. And other than that, just have a badass fun time with my friends and family and go on some bucket list adventures. And that kind of rounds out the way I plan on living the next 50 years of my life. Mm. Now, how can people contact you and take advantage of uh, one of these programs? Yeah, so um, I'm on Facebook and social media as Rock Thomas. They can contact me through you know, um, Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. They can also go to goM1, G-O-M-1.com, goM1.com for March to a Million. And um, you know, we have an application there that they can apply to be in, in our mastermind group and learn more about it. Uh, and those are the best ways for them to get hold of me. We're happy to talk to people that want to grab life big and take their life to the next level. That's what we're all about. And whether you're somebody that you know is is doing really well, you just want to 10x your life, or you're somebody who's struggling, um, you know, we we have a place for everybody. We just want to surround ourselves with people that are learning based and are hungry to improve their life. Everything else is a matter of timing. You know, I want to say that. Listening to you today, it's not just your words, it's your tone, your energy. And what comes across to me is your open heart, your humility, and your integrity. And so I'm sure that people listening are going to feel those things too. If you're in a position in your life where you really want a dramatic change, don't let your mind stop you. Take advantage of Rock's offer to at least check out what he can do for you. You know, I would like you to give our listeners a call to action to begin transforming their lives. Well, the the best thing I can say, Louis, is, um, you know, they're on this call because they obviously are learning based and they're listening to, you know, the people that you bring on the call. So I would encourage people to say yes to opportunities because the default is to say no, is to, to think about it, is to wait. So I would say for the next seven days, develop the habit of saying yes. When people say, do you want to come to the party? 
the first thing that you practice is say, yes, I do. You can always say, oh, but I have to take the kids to soccer, um, but I'd love to come to the next one. Be somebody that when people approach you, when people start talking to you, they get a good vibration from you because you're interested in living and moving forward. And then one day you're going to say yes, and, and the opportunity is going to be something beautiful. I said yes to getting on a plane with my buddy from New Orleans convention. We went to, to Austin, and he said, do you want to go to L.A. tomorrow? I'm going to be on The Celebrity Apprentice with Donald Trump. And I said yes. We got on a plane, and I got on the show. And he said, do you want to go golfing in Mexico? And I said yes. And we got on his plane, and we went golfing in Mexico. And I happened to know a billionaire friend that was down there. We got together and had lunch with this billionaire friend and we played golf for three days and we were able to stay at his resort for half price. So my buddy paid for all the golf. And then the next day we flew to, to Tampa where I watched my buddy make $150,000 on the stock market trading options for two days. And I made some money because I did have to, to, to shadow him on that. And then I flew home and I said yes once, but it led to four epic days. What opportunities are you missing out on because your reflexes to say no? Start saying yes and evaluating after. Richard Branson says when somebody gives you an opportunity, say yes and learn afterwards how to do it. Stop figuring out like I don't know the how, so say no. Start saying yes to things and watch your life change. Mm. Rocks. <laughs> rocks, not rocks. Rock. What? What a note to bring our show, I won't say end, but bring it to a wonderful conclusion. I can't thank you enough. You've given us a gift that's going to resonate for a long, long time. My pleasure, my honor, and thank you for doing the work of exposing information to people. It's, uh, it's a beautiful thing. Thank you, Rock. I receive that. And thank you, everyone, for listening in live today to this enriching experience. Share with us what you feel and think on iTunes and Stitcher and click subscribe. Of course, download your free ebook, Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life in Business, at changeyourstorypodcast.com. During the next week, really take to heart a very important lesson that Rock has given you as a gift namely, that the quality of your life depends on the quality of the questions that you ask yourself. Start asking empowering questions and definitely ask with intent and focus, how can I change my story and change my life? Tune in to the next episode of Louis DiBianco's podcast. Become unstoppable as you learn to change your story, change your life.